0: Yeah, students. Well, as all of you know, that uh, Shadow Lines is a Bildungsroman. You know, it's a coming-of-age novel. Um, It talks about nationalism. It talks about nation-state. It talks about international relations. It talks about relations between people and their consciousnesses. It talks about interconnections between memory, uh, imagination, and reality. Uh, It talks about past. It talks about present. So, um, the narratives, you know, you went initiation into adulthood uh, in the novel, in India and abroad, is framed by these larger public questions. Because uh, novel, you know, it examines the development of ideas of modern Indian citizenship and national identity. I mean, can you be really called an Indian citizen? Is your identity the national identity or it's your personal identity for example thamma doesn't consider herself indian she considers herself more as a bangladeshi or maybe she's just confused she in her memory bangladesh is not uh, disconnected from india So, in this way. So, uh, the narrator comes in contact with other characters and uh, their lives. And meanwhile, he also traces the political, social, intellectual, emotional parameters of an English-speaking, bilingual, metropolitan, middle-class Indian subjectivity. So, what exactly we see in the narrative is an Indian subjectivity, which is middle-class, which is bilingual, which can speak English, which can go to to foreign countries which is metropolitan, which is not conservative, which is not rural in that sense, which is not a regressive subjectivity, which is a subjectivity which is very much in mobility, which is very much progressing. And this subjectivity is formed by ideas inherited from the uh, history of anti-imperialist activism, but one which comes to recognize how closely Indianness is a product of images and desires. So, uh, this subject, subjectivity is inherited from anti-imperialism activism. It means it the subjectivity is framed by anti-British sentiments, we see this in narrator's narrative or thridip or tamma or even Hila. And um, it talks about how the concept of Indian, what do you mean by being an Indian? The concept of Indianness, how it's a product of images, how it's a product of desires, you know. And India is not only constructed within the memory or within the consciousness of people who are living in India. People even who are living abroad, they have their own image of India. They themselves constitute what it means to be an Indian. Or people like May, who is not an Indian, but whose life is so much affected by Indians. She also has a different definition of what you mean by an Indian. So, uh, and this feeling of being an Indian or what do you mean by Indian, it is also, this definition is also constituted by colonial and independent. You know, these two, uh, these two terms, you know, what exactly it meant to be an Indian uh, according to colonial terms or according to people who were uh, pre-partition or pre-independence terms and post-partition and post-independent terms, what it means to be an Indian. So it is a subjectivity, mind you, and it is definitely marked by the logic of modern nation-state. That a subjectivity is formed or born when the state is also being born. Uh, India, you can say, India got its uh, or India uh, was born after nineteen forty-seven when it got its freedom. It was a new nation-state. So the subjectivity which it entailed, the people who were there and the people who came afterwards or people like narrator who are more recent people, they are also framed by this birth of the nation state. Their subjectivity is also made by the birth of nation state. And to be an Indian is to perversely and unsuccessfully define oneself against one's mirror image from across the border. So what do you mean by being an Indian? Do you define... Uh, the indianness by indian standards or do you define the indianness by western standards because west has a different concept of india and indians have a different concept of india and when you intermesh these two when people like narrator who go to abroad and who come back how do they balance this definition how do they balance this articulation how do they define india Uh, and it's a subjectivity which is also scarred by perceptions of violence And it's not violence which is orchestrated by the state in the service of its end. It is uh, this violence which is product of people who mobilize it in some sense of shared hatred or empathy. The rights. Hindu-Muslim rights. So, this violence is not perpetrated by the state. The state doesn't say that you are Hindu, you are Muslim, you should be different and separate and you should fight with each other. You should uh, kill each other. The state doesn't say that. It is people who are killing each other. Hindus are killing Muslims, Muslims are killing Hindus, riots happen because of that and casualties like Tridev, who are not at all involved in any of these things, who are just there by accident get killed because of these mad mob fury. So subjectivity which is scarred by perceptions of violence. I mean how you call yourself an Indian when so many people are being killed in the names of riots. how you define your nation state or how you say your nation state is progressing or its uh, it's being born after independence when even its its birth is also marked by violence when partition happened there was lots of violence when uh, the independence was uh, achieved with the help of violence so how do you uh, how do you say that you are an indian i mean how is your subjectivity defined by that so all these questions are Uh, more or less addressed in Shadow Lines. So, uh, the narrator's conception of himself, you know, uh, he understands that somehow he's strange and uh, he is not at all comfortable with the logic of identity or difference which is marking his growing up. He's not comfortable with that. Uh, he himself is not aware that what exactly is his identity because his mind is too much messed up with Prithip's presence. So he doesn't know who he is. He knows he's an Indian, but what exactly is his core? What is his subjectivity? What is his essential identity? And does he really feel himself comfortable within uh, being an Indian? So he doesn't know that. And even as he's rooted in Calcutta, his imaginative universe knows few boundaries. You know, he is living in Calcutta, but he's transported to different lands because of imagination, which is fostered by his uncle He He's transported by Thridjiib's stories by Elas to places and times which come alive for him with a powerful immediacy. So for the narrator, Tridip, who insists on a precision of observation and recollection, is the author of this immediacy. Tridib is the author, Tridib is the historian for the narrator. And uh, vis-a-vis, he himself becomes historian or author of Tridib's life. So you can very well see the crisscross here. And what the narrator says, he says, I couldn't forget because Tridib had given me worlds to travel in. And he had given me eyes to see them with. And Ela, on the other hand, functions for him as the overs of the imaginative traveler. You know, she doesn't like travelling and she doesn't give the narrator much imagination or imaginative fantasy to go with. She is, as the daughter of a diplomat, a world traveller, but one whose ever-shifting landscapes seem to demand the fixities of the banal and the pragmatic. You know, she is not rooted anywhere. She uh, she has memories of airport lounges and location of toilets stay with her. So she doesn't remember Eiffel Tower, but she will definitely remember the French airport or the toilet within there. So uh, for her, London Underground is just a mode of transportation. But not for the narrator who believes passionately, you know, that a place does not merely exist, that it has to be invented in one's imagination. And uh, so, and narrator's fantasies or his wonderment, it includes a uh, philosophical faith that um, Eela's practical bustling London was no less invented than mine, neither more or less true, only very far apart. So, he and his imagination is giving room to the other imaginations also. So, for him, he knows that Eela considers London to be a practical bustling city. But for the narrator, London is a historical city. A city full of architecture or a city very different. But he is giving space to Ela's imagination also. So, uh, the narrator is ready to give space to other people's voices or other people's imagination too. Um, So, Ela is in this context, narrator's double. You know, there is likeness and there are differences. And when he says, na... He as Ila when we were children she and I were so alike I couldn't have been her twin it was that very Ila who baffled me with the mystery of difference so this dialectic of this identity of his imagined self she functions as a negative pole necessary and to be superseded so the narrator considers himself to be a positive pole Ila to be a negative pole Uh, for example every human being has a positive and a negative aspect within she, uh, within himself or herself. So for the narrator, uh, he himself represents the positive aspect and the, and Ela represents the negative self of him. Ila is not separate from him, that says. So he learns all manners of lessons from his relationship with her. Uh, lessons about asymmetrical emotional relationships, about cultural dislocations. He learns a lot from her maladjustments, compromises which she makes. And he learns from her a uh, conflicted idiom of sexuality you know he learns what exactly it means to be sexually attracted a desire how desire is also one of the uh, element in the uh, you know uh, in the you can say collection of ideas so uh, it's like you know um, the moment uh, there is an example there uh, when Tridib is asked, the moment he begins to describe a make-believe to London and the Price family and May to his acquaintance at the Gold Park, Adda, and what is, is she like, sexy, the people ask Thridib. So this vulgarism, this discourse of male sexuality, and this all is derived from sense of the foreign female body for Tridip. You know, May is foreign and desirable, figure of romance. And same way is Ila for the narrator. Eli is also a foreign, foreigner, although she's an Indian. Uh, and her body is also desirable for the narrative because she is exotic. So this male desire is also one of the elements of the narrative. And so, although Shadow Lines describes no sexual or romantic relationship between two people who share identities of nationality, race or cultural experience. But there is a desire which originates and which finds its object across borders. So, sexuality is also one of the aspects of uh, narratives in Shadow Lines. Okay, so Ela within the narrative she becomes this focus of desire. She becomes the focus of anxiety. She becomes the focus of mystery. And um, so that is why you know Ela and Ela is a cosmopolitan. You know, for Tamma, Ela is outside the pale. Her looks, her clothes are inappropriate to her Bengali bourgeois origin. So, and uh, it's like uh, for Thamma, Ela doesn't want freedom. She wants to be left alone to do as she pleases. Thamma has a fixed concept of Ela. So, according to Thamma, Ela doesn't want freedom. Ela is doing what she pleases. uh, And it's not free. For Thamma, this is not called freedom. That you can do whatever you want to do is not freedom. Because for Thamma, being a woman will not entail freedom for you. Even though you might be a revolutionary, you might be... Um, working hand in glove with men still you are a woman so for Tamma, that is not freedom what Ila experiences so Ila uh, is a very fascinating character in that sense also and she also represents one of the poles of the narrative uh, ok class that's all for today uh, till next time uh, if you have any queries uh, please get back to me and uh, Um, if there are any problems or any queries you can ask me uh, via whatsapp and okay or uh, call too until next time then take care bye